This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. The racing season may be winding down as it fall is entered into Wisconsin, but still a lot of racing action at Great Lakes uh, Dragway. Make sure to check out Great Lakes Dragway for all the activities. They go on pretty much until the snow flies, so still uh, quite a few weekends to go with Great Lakes Dragway and lots of racing um in Union Grove. And I'd also like to thank David Hobbs Honda. Make sure uh, to check out David Hobbs Honda on the web at davidhobbs.com for all the best in new and used cars. And this is going to be uh, as uh, Jeff Orlowski's joining myself, Steve Zotke, and Final Inspection Show. Yeah, this is definitely a wild card, is uh, definitely a, an interesting way to uh, bring up what's going to happen tomorrow. And actually, at 2 o'clock, it was nice for them to NASCAR once again to adjust their schedule to our radio show. And uh, so uh, qualifying is going on for the Xfinity Series now. And uh, the race coverage starts at 2 o'clock right at the end of our show. Well, you know, all the news with the TV ratings has not been good. And the Xfinity Series, they want more people watching on TV so they were very nervous about going head-to-head with the final inspection show. And so for the uh, best best thing that they could have done uh, to get more viewers is to go on directly after we get off the air. Well, I don't want to start off on a low note, but since you mentioned it, uh, yeah, this was kind of stunning news. I mean, you know, the sports viewership on, on TV has been going down, but this one kind of – this was quite the gut punch. And uh, – uh, it, well, here, I'll just read it from an awful announcing uh, tweet that they did earlier in the week. Last Saturday's NASCAR race at Richmond drew the lowest rating and viewership for any NASCAR race in at least 18 years. Yeah, it's sad. I think they mean any NASCAR race. They mean any cup race, but still. Yeah, that's it's, it's sad, especially when it was on a fantastic track. It was a great race. We were discussing that last – Last week's show, how we love Richmond. It's probably one of our top five. Um, 
well, not only tracks, but also races. I like it being on Saturday night. Yep. Uh, especially somebody like me who has a pair of TVs. You can have college football on one and Richmond race on the other, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice way to spend an evening. And, and you know, it's just frustrating because the racing is so good, and there's and there's other factors involved. Saturday night, there's lots of stuff going on, and there's lots. Of, was it homecoming week this last? I think some schools yeah. had it last last week. Some have it this week, so it's kind of like fifty fifty. But uh, you, you got know. football games going on, but that's mostly on Friday for high school. But you know, Saturday night, you know, is is, is not always a a great night for TV viewership in general. But it was usually though the NASCAR fans would show up on Saturday night to watch yeah. the race. Yeah, I could see those numbers at Michigan. I could see them for a Pocono race. You know, some of the more quote-unquote boring tracks. Mm-hmm. But Richmond, come on. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better than Richmond. And, uh, you know, so those people that did not tune in, you missed a hell of a race. It yeah. was good. Yeah. It I'm- was good. It was entertaining. And tons of battles for the lead. Tons of battles up and down uh, the field. It was a great race. And, uh, you know, you missed out. So it, I think it's good that uh, tomorrow's race is on actual NBC. So it's not on NBC Sports, so it's on the big one. But, uh, you know, they're stuck going head-to-head against the NFL. And that should be interesting. And, you know, there's there's a couple of things if I'm to ask. And, and they're really pushing – I watched the coverage, and you you could almost tell. And I I guess it's it's kind of frustrating when you hear the same taglines over and over during the broadcast, and you can tell that okay, this is what they were told to say. This is these are the storylines they want to yep. push. I don't care what sport it is, right? It, it's not just NASCAR; it's the other ones too. But it's you know it's. Don't don't stop beating me. I'm watching it. Okay. Now, if I'm watching practice, and this is the other thing that really peels me, stop telling me to watch the race. You think if I watch practice, I'm not going to watch the race? Right, exactly. I mean, I suppose people are flipping through channels. They think, oh, yeah, well, well, no, come on. That's that's a, not even a blip on your viewership. Right. Stop telling me to watch the race. And the other thing I loved is like when they would, yeah, when they would run the promos of the race during like Friday afternoon practice because you taped it on Fox Sports One or NBC Sports Network, and they're running all these promos for the race. Well, thanks, you can run a couple of them, but I mean, don't worry, it's the hardcore people that are watching. You don't have to keep pushing it. Yeah, I agree with you. Another thing that drives me nuts is uh, is the booth. You have Dale Jr. You have Kyle Petty. Oh, I thought you meant John Wilkes Booth. No, uh, that was uh, that's next week's show. But you got Junior, you got Kyle Petty, you got Burton. They all have like the same tone of voice, and it's not necessarily oh, yeah. a pleasant voice to listen to. It's very high pitched. It it comes off as kind of cracky and whiny at times, and sometimes I have to sit there and kind of focus. To know who is screaming at me, you know, at that present time. And so 
they could do a better job getting a you know some different voices get somebody who's got a deep voice like a man <laughs> you know uh to kind of break up the high-pitched noise but uh you know so that kind of drives me nuts is uh, it is it cover. something about southerners that have a high, uh... <laughs> uh, you know i guess they get excited and their voice just goes through the roof you know <laughs> And they they start singing soprano. I don't know. You know, it, it, I thought it was interesting when they they seemed to be. I wonder if they noticed that because they 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 seem to have split up. Not all the time. They can't do it all the time. But they try. Seem like they're they're moving the guys around. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're at you know they have uh, Burton in the infield with Rutledge yesterday, and they'll try to put Junior with you know some you know to move them around, and it's like. Because when you have Latart and Junior together, yeah, I, I, it was funny. We we're talking and and the, the subject kind of came up, and we both looked at each other like, "Oh, you noticed that too?" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It just you know, and every week, every week, it takes about fifteen twenty minutes, and it's like, oh, well, my it's God. one of those things. Once you notice it, it doesn't go away. Yeah, you, you know, like if you hear a clock ticking in right. the background, mm-hmm. that's the only thing you can hear. The dripping faucet. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It. Uh... And for anybody who didn't notice it, and now we just ruined your NASCAR viewing. Uh, uh, I'm. We 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 apologize in advance over that. Send all complaints to Steve's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's it's. Oh boy. Uh this weekend. Everybody loves it. The word is out. You love the Rovo. In fact, we're probably going to hear from Clint Boyer a little bit later, one of the harshest critics. They got to him. Loves it now. Everybody loves the the Rovo. See if you noticed the one thing I noticed yesterday in practice. What did you notice? Uh, well. See what that's going to be different from tomorrow. Very basic. I don't know. Well, they weren't running in packs. Well, yeah. And they were having a hard enough time driving alone through it. The pace car spun out. <laughs> the pace car. Now, granted, it wasn't like IndyCar in it Detroit. Was, I guess it was Brett Bodine, so you got <laughs> You know, he didn't he didn't tag the wall like uh, in Detroit with the in, with IndyCar, but come on, man. The pace car is spinning out. That's why I cannot wait. This is going to be chaos from green flag to checker flag. Unless these guys run at eighty percent because they're just trying to save their equipment. Well, and everybody's saying that. We had Austin Dillon on there. They're talking to, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to make mistakes. I'll let the other guys make mistakes. I'm so we're, I'm thinking, well, geez, because you're usually the one that makes the mistakes. Hello. Now it took, just took you like the three years to figure this out. <laughs> um, so every they always say that. Is what you say and what you do. It it's like politicians. Politicians say, you know, it's not. Don't don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Right. Same thing. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with race car drivers. They all say, "Oh yeah, I'm not gonna push it. I'm not gonna, you know." And then you, once the flag flies, it's a hundred. You know, they're going one hundred ten percent. And it's gonna be the same way. The competitive juices get going. The adrenaline kicks up, and they're gonna push it, and it is going to be a disaster. And I was sitting there driving here this morning. Trying to figure out if they're going to run more laps under green or under caution. Well, I was thinking, I thought about that in, in, uh, yesterday I was watching practice and I was thinking, 
Um, I'm trying to remember how many laps are running here because of the. But I'll tell you this: if you're setting your DVR for Hang tomorrow, set ahead. it to record like three hours past the schedule end time. Yeah. Because this race is going to go long. There is going to be, I would imagine, at least two red flags. There's going to be, you know, probably 18 or 19 different caution flags. This is going to be a marathon uh, more than it's going to be a sprint. This race is going to take a day and a half to finish. Okay, the distance, it's a lower distance. It's, um, it's a, I knew it was an odd, odd, an odd number of laps. So the the distance is 248.52 miles. That translates into 109 laps. Stage one ends at lap 25, which they they should not have stages in this race. No. No. No, it's not going to be three stages. It's going to be about 35 stages. Oh, you know, you like watching restarts at NASCAR? Get ready. There's going to be 100 of them. So stage one, lap 25, stage two ends on lap 50. Final stage, obviously, lap 109. I was thinking, you know what they should do? They should just run 100 green flag laps. Yeah, green flag laps. Right. That would be interesting because you really don't know then. You want strategy? That is that, that is strategy. Screw the stages. 100 green flag laps. But they still might might be there till Tuesday. Well, so be it then. It might be 200. They might be running 250 laps. It's just like you get with the, um, you know, with with the green flag, you know, green-white checkers and the restarts and that, and guys start running out of gas. That makes it really interesting. 100 green flag laps. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know. I tell you what, I don't think you're going to see 100 green flag laps. Oh, God. Tomorrow. No, I don't. I don't know if you're going to see 75 green flag laps tomorrow. There's going to be. It'll be interesting because at the start of the race, they're going to wave yellows normal, right? But by the by, stage two, there'll be cars spinning out and they'll just keep it going green because they're going. They they realize that we have to do this. Yeah, you know, they, you're probably right because they. Uh, they want to get the race finished before midnight. So this is a, this race is going to only be, and you can kind of tell, they kind of figured that in with only running, well, 248 miles. Because yeah. it's a road course instead of the usual 500-miler on. It's going to be interesting. Did you see that hard lick that Bubba Wallace took? Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. All by himself. Backstretch chicane. Oh, I did like, I did like, uh, um. So Christopher Bell, you know, spun backwards mm-hmm. and nose, not nose, but kind of spun, hit a passenger side, right side, uh, fender. So he had to go in there to replace the fender. Oh, look at this. With these new carbon fiber, carbon fiber pieces, they just take the old one off and they rivet the new one right back on. See how it fits? It fits right in there, too. Hmm. Amazing. Jeez, didn't the aluminum one, the steel one fit on there the same way? I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. The old one fits just like, yeah, well, that's, it's, they've been doing that since the start of NASCAR. <laughs> you know, as the, the some old wonderful piece, the analysis. The old body piece comes off, and guess what? They have another body piece that fits right in there. 
And it's the same shape? <laughs> it's the same shape. They don't make he them different like, shapes? He just thought this was the greatest thing. I think it was Marty Snyder or whoever it was. I'm like, dude, settle down. Great analysis uh, there. Yes, it's cool that they switched over to carbon fiber. I under, understand it, but let's say it's a fender. It's just different. It's a different composite. It's a composite material. That's great. You know what? These other race series have been using it for many, many years now. This is... That's when they're just going out of their way to try to praise NASCAR. Oh, I know that. You know, they're just looking for anything and everything to throw a they're, chair like when they came in, when they came in with the seats, with the seats, with that, that you know, the, they totally surround the drivers. Well, you know, uh, Scott Pruitt tried to bring one in, and it was banned because they they thought it was a you know competitive advantage. So let's not get all excited about NASCAR's safety record, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I know it's ridiculous. They they'll do anything to put a cherry on top, and it doesn't matter what it is. You know, like you said, uh, um, when after Brian France, the whole uh, DUI and pill thing, and NASCAR Race Hub did not they right. spent thirty seconds on it, and it just ruined all their credibility as an actual news source for the sport of NASCAR, and it just showed that they are shills. To sit there and always, always look for the good, never say anything bad, and all that. Here's another example. Yeah, I mean, well, I tell you what, let's take a break. <laughs> this is a fun show. I don't. Yeah, we're off to a good start here. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more uh, NASCAR, Rovos, and whatnot, and uh, some NASCAR news also coming across about rides. And uh, new new drivers and new t- and new teams uh, coming up next on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lakes dragway dot and make sure to check out great lakes dragway.com for all the latest yes they are still running and will be running for quite a few weeks so lots of good racing yet uh at great lakes dragway it's uh kind of filtered sun partly cloudy to cloudy but i mean should be a fast racetrack it should be yes definitely so make sure you get out to great lakes dragway and check out great lakes dragway.com for all the latest scheduling and then isn't wednesday ladies ladies night i believe so out at great lakes so if you go to david hobbs honda and you get yourself a new car and then you take it to great lakes dragway you can like a civic st you can run that baby like uh, tony dezino run it run it down the track and then you can sit there and impress the ladies and maybe find the next x whatever your name you know most of our crew is out in monterey this is just so wrong that we're stuck here? Yeah. At, I know. at Porsche Rensport. We have Tony DeZinos out there. David Hobbs is out there. Uh, Eddie Lapine's out there. 
and we're here in beautiful um, Hales Corners. Hales Corners, and it's 59 degrees. Yeah, yeah, I could see a few problems with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll talk to Eddie later, find out what's going on. There is lots of stuff going on in uh, Porsche Rent Sport. It's more than just a bunch of cars just sitting around. There's a lot of stuff. It's a pretty cool deal. I think they only do it every four years, kind of like the Olympics. But it, it's it's a celebration of Porsche. And when you're as big as Porsche and you have a, a racing history like they have, it's it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I've never been as out Larry there. Larry David would say pretty, pretty, pretty cool. I'm uh, hope, hoping next year that I can uh, – Hitch a ride with you on the David Hobbs private jet, and we can all go down there together. Well, it's every four years. <clears throat> four years from now, I okay. hope that you'll dig me up, and uh, I could ride on a private jet. Maybe Goodwood next next year, or the year after. There we go. There we go. Or what's that one in Florida? The one that's supposed to be oh, Amelia Island. Yeah, yeah, it, we can do that. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm. That's. That's Lo- more very, my people. That's very lightly penciled in on my calendar. Okay. Not it's just not in Sharpie yet. No. It's very lightly in pencil. All right. Because there's a lot of stuff, right? In the there's a four day window. That's there's some pretty cool stuff going on. I heard there's a lot of good stuff going down at Amelia Island. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Amelia Island. Uh there's also the uh Auto Racing Hall of Fame induction that following day. And there is one other thing going on that weekend. So lots of cool stuff. As, the hall, as long as the Hall of Fame starts in the afternoon so we can <laughs> sleep off the night before, you know what I mean? Did I say that out loud? So changes in NASCAR. Not really, not particularly at the front of the field. No. But there's been some changes. Are you surprised by these? No, not really. Um, Where do you want to start? Well, A.J. Allmendinger. Out. So what does he do? Puts it on the front row for tomorrow's race. He did? Yeah, he qualified second. All right. Kurt uh, Busch nipped him right at the end to get the pole. So it's Kurt Busch on the pole and A.J. Allmendinger in the front row. That's uh, the Roval... Of the role, what are you calling this thing? A uh, Bank of America, something, something, something. They're not calling it the two forty eight. No. <laughs> yeah, you know. So Almondinger- a lot of a lot of people forget that J uh, JTG Doherty Racing, which just rolls right off your tongue. Oh yeah. Uh, that Chris Busher, that the thirty seven and the forty seven are teammates you know i think it's interesting with the starting lineup you look farther back in the field and uh you know you got denny hamlin 27th keselowski 25th uh amarola 20th harvick 19 you know you got some big names starting this was funny this was funny so they're talking i think was it might have even been this morning or late yesterday and Krista Voda goes, yeah, and it's with uh, Kurt Busch on the pole. It's going to be really important tomorrow because, well, you know, passing is going to, and then she, and then you could hear the. Uh, anyway, so let's. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 
Oh, I do that all the time on this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put the bricks up. Whoa. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, live TV. Yeah, it was. I love We She was on the show. She's good. I do. We had her, her on the show when uh, when this was just a little little baby little baby radio show, and we were at the Milwaukee Mile, and it, we did a post show at the Milwaukee Mile after I think it was still the Bush series then. Okay, this would have been probably two thousand six or seven. Me, Summer, and Sparky, and we had Krista on. Nice, as well as um a whole bunch of people bunch of drivers it was really cool it was a really that's would like i would like to have the tape of that one that was a really good show well if they ever get their act together and get racing back down there we can do it again someday yeah so all right who's in the 47 next year is that that, is that hemrick no or uh, uh, Preecy? Preecy. Ryan Priest. E. E. <laughs> Who's, I don't know. Who's going to the 47? I'm not 100% sure. It, uh, But, you know, it doesn't surprise me that Dinger would lose his ride. He was, he, he didn't really have a fair shake when well, the. Pre- o- Priest is in the 47. Okay. And, and talking, talking about breaks. Kyle Petty also did the brakes thing yesterday because, well, I'm kind of surprised when you bring up a guy who hasn't won in the Xfinity series because he must have he must have brought a boatload of money. But then I can see why they would hire him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how Kyle Petty has lasted this long on TV. He's not he's not a fantastic. Uh, he doesn't share okay. a whole lot of information. I I'm I I like Kyle Petty. He's okay. He's not. He he. But he yeah. He can be a little, um, a little too rah rah. But then he tries to, you know, he's he's kind of trying to fight the fight. I guess. I just see him as a NASCAR yes man. Oh, he is, but he's not as much of a yes man as some of the other guys. Yeah, you know. It's, and then uh, Daniel Hemrick is going to be in the thirty-one car. Okay. Yeah. RCR. And where's Newman going now? Uh, Newman is going to the, as you can see, I brought all my notes. Here. Yeah, I didn't bring mine either. Mine are <laughs> sitting on my coffee table at home. Uh, I know he's already got a ride. Said he wants to stay in NASCAR for like five more years at Oh, the least. six car, that's right. Okay. Because everybody was thinking that Matt Kenseth was going to continue to be in the six. Yeah. And he was him in and on, and then they brought in Ryan Newman. Yeah, you know, not a lot of big names, but I think it's great that uh, Hemrick and Priest E uh, are <laughs> are both getting a shot. They're I, I like the new blood. I, I mean, anytime too. you bring in n- new drivers, I mean, I love AJ Allmendinger coming up, and it it just to be honest though, I don't think he's having as much fun last couple of years, and 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 you know what the other thing is. I, in fact, I, I mean, you know this that they're getting, they're saving a lot of money bringing in Priest, of and course. probably getting, and probably getting plus money for him. 
the days of the uh, paying uh, a mid-pack to backpack uh, NASCAR driver getting paid a lot of money are gone. Right. And, and the ones that are remaining are getting, the ranks are getting thinner and thinner. And the dinger can just go straight to TV. So No, the dinner, the dinger will probably end up in IMSA next year. I don't, he might do like an indie only thing or something. There's been talk of that. There's been already rumblings that he might be doing uh, something into 500. But um, I, I think uh, running sports cars with one of the top teams there and being competitive there would be a much more comfortable fit. Man. Especially if I'm uh, Chip Ganassi with the 4GT program, mm-hmm. I would definitely take a look at Dinger. You know, he's a good driver. He he never had good equipment, which is why the only chances he had to win was on a road course. And, uh, you know, I'll be rooting for him tomorrow. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, he kind of came on the the cart champ car scene at a very tough time for that series, uh, money-wise. And he was winning races, and he kind of found a good place to be and was winning races and winning a lot of races and then just left abruptly to go NASCAR racing. And I remember people criticizing, oh, I can't believe you would do it. Well, okay. He left a struggling series Cha-ching. for probably four times, if not more than six, that, seven, probably, eight, yeah. nine times the money at, a must, at, at that time, a much more secure job. And he's been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. So he's set for life. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was a smart move. There's no ramen noodles on uh <laughs> no on AJ Allmendinger's plate. No. So he's he's steak and lobster. I heard a thing that ramen noodles have absolutely no nutritional value. Maybe that's why they taste so good. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. I'll go through a phase where I'll eat like I'll eat a bunch of them and then I won't have ramen noodles for like 6 months. And then I'll buy one of them 12 packs, and I'll eat a bunch, and then I won't touch them for six months. So, Is that when the old lady kicks you out of the house and you're <laughs> living off a hot plate? or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, when I'm cooking up my jail food. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's uh, Ryan Newman going to the six. I think that's kind of a parallel move. I think, I think you'll see a little bit, I think, Roush is kind of bottomed out. Oh, they better hope so. <laughs> I don't know how much farther down they can go. And I, I think, it, you know, it's like, uh, well, we were talking about this on the, the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast, our Packer, Packer podcast, which you can get how? At 1057fmthefan.com. They're also on Facebook, Green and Gold Then and Now. And uh, how do you find it on the website? You go under the producers podcast, and uh, there's a menu drop down. There's a uh, option for podcast. Click on that. Click on producers podcast. Scroll down, maybe one, one item, maybe two, and we're right there. There you go. And all of our shows are on there. Yeah, absolutely. even though it says show number two, it's actually like show number five. Right. But we did like what they call it, like a soft open. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just like a restaurant. <laughs> So, all right, well, let's take a break. We'll talk more. In fact, when we come back, let's get the news from Laurie Monroe, and then we'll find out what's going on in the world of racing. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. 
This is One Lap Down with Lori Monroe for the week of September the 24th. Here's what's making news right now. Now follow along if you can. An arrest warrant was issued for Camping World Truck Series driver Jordan Anderson on a charge of possession of a stolen motor vehicle. This according to the Rowan County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina. The subject vehicle in question, a race truck belonging to Mike Harmon, an owner in the truck series and who's had Anderson as one of his drivers in the past. But let's connect the dots here. The alleged stolen truck was involved in a wreck at Texas Motor Speedway in 2017. The Sheriff's Department began an investigation this past September 7th into the sale of the truck. Jordan Anderson bought the truck from Robert Newling, who had repaired the truck, but the truck didn't belong to Newling. Investigators were able to determine that Jordan Anderson knew the truck he bought was stolen. Investigators tried to get the truck back from Anderson, but he refused and got a lawyer. The sheriff's office was told Anderson would turn himself in September the 20th, but as of last Thursday, he still had not done so. As for the guy who sold him the truck, Robert Newling, he was charged with larceny and arrested. And the original victim, Mike Harmon, says he has no comment. You might remember back in 2013, Mike Harmon was charged for allegedly stealing truck series driver Jennifer Joe Cobb's race hauler, vehicles, and assorted equipment. However, Cobb asked that the charges be dropped so she could focus on her 2014 season. Let's see how all this develops. In an announcement by JTG Doherty Racing, driver of the number 47 car, AJ Allmendinger, will not return to the organization next year, and a driver has yet to be named for the ride. According to team owner Tad Geschechter, they're moving in a different direction for the 2019 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Justin Marks has announced that this weekend will be his final go-round for his NASCAR career. Marks has entered in both the Monster Energy Cup and Xfinity races at the Roval, the Cup race entry is with Chip Ganassi Racing and Xfinity with Premium Motorsports. The 37-year-old is currently racing full-time in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Series with Meyer Shank Racing. And in the Camping World Truck Series, Cody Coughlin will no longer be behind the wheel of the number two Chevrolet for GMS Racing due to a lack of sponsorship. Spencer Gallagher will be the driver at Talladega and 18-year-old Tyler Dipple currently driving in the NASCAR K&N Pro East Series, will drive the GMS number 25 Chevy Silverado for the final four races of the 2018 season, paired with crew chief Jerry Baxter. It was hinted at a few weeks ago, but now it's official. Noah Gragson has signed a multi-year deal with Junior Motorsports that will see him pilot the number one Xfinity car being vacated by Elliott Sadler. The official announcement was done in a clever way through an episode of the company's popular JRM 360 video series. You gotta check it out, it's pretty cool. And this week in Innovators vs. NASCAR from the Cup side at Richmond Raceway last weekend, the number 18 of Kyle Busch had a post-race inspection penalty due to a lug nut infraction, so crew chief Adam Stevens was fined $10,000. And from the Xfinity Series, the number 20 car driven by Christopher Bell also had a post-race inspection violation, again with a lug nut issue. Crew chief Jason Ratcliffe has been fined $5,000. Not a good weekend for Joe Gibbs Racing, unless, of course, you can still win your race like Christopher Bell did. 
In the NASCAR Pinty Series, last weekend's Visit New Hampshire 100, the first time the series has ran in the U.S., was won by Kevin Lacroix, his 10th career win piloting his number 74 Dodge to victory in dominating fashion over Pete Shepard in second, followed by Donald Teague in third. The Pinty's Fall Brawl is on deck for this Saturday night at Jucasa Motor Speedway in Hagersville, Ontario. Separated by only four points, L.P. Dumoulin and Alex Tagliani will battle for the 2018 Series Championship with Dumoulin trying to earn his second career title. In both of their careers, neither driver has won at the historic Ontario Oval Track, nor did either lead a lap at Jucasa earlier this year. In ARCA news, with just two races left on the ARCA schedule, points leader Sheldon Creed has signed with GMS Racing to pilot the number 28 Camping World Truck Series Silverado beginning in Martinsville Speedway in late October. The series returns to racing on October the 6th for the Shore Lunch 200 at Lucas Oil Raceway. In birthdays this week, happy birthday goes out to front row Joe Nemechek and Ron Fellows. Happy birthday, everyone. And if it's your birthday, I hope it's a great one. The Xfinity Series Drive for the Cure 200 takes place this Saturday afternoon. Green Flag is at 3.19 p.m. Eastern. You can see it live on NBCSN. And Sunday's Bank of America Roval 400 Cup Series race, number 3 of 10 in the playoffs, hits the track at 2.19 p.m. and will be carried live on the Big Mama Network NBC. Look for Sherry Pollock. She'll be the honorary pace car driver for the Bank of America Roval on Sunday. And weather this weekend, Saturday's Xfinity race will see partly sunny skies with a high of 81 degrees with light and variable winds, only a 20% chance of rain. And on Sunday for the cup race, pretty much the same, partly cloudy in the afternoon with a high of 80 degrees, light and variable winds with just a 20% chance of rain. Let's hope they don't have to slap those rain tires on for the Roval. In social media madness this week via Instagram, complete with pictures from Caitlin Sweet, Kyle Larson and his longtime girlfriend Caitlin tied the knot on September the 26th. Congratulations to the happy couple. And Eric Jones posted a video on Instagram describing something known as the hot dog race. When he was growing up, he raced at a track that had a 50 lap hot dog race where after every single lap you had to get out and eat a hot dog. Get back in the car, make another lap, get out, eat a hot dog. He said the most he ever had was about five hot dogs, but he was about 12 years old at the time and weighed about 100 pounds. That's all for one lap down with Laurie Monroe. Enjoy the Robo this weekend. I know I will. Good stuff from Laurie as always. And some other news uh, from last night. Uh, pretty cool story. Uh, Giovanni Selzy, son of Gary Selzy, who you may remember as NHRA uh, drag racer, who actually retired from uh, racing to kind of mentor his uh, his kids. And Giovanni, uh, who's run the Chili Bowl and has been running uh, open wheel stuff on the dirt and that, uh, has become the youngest World of Outlaws winner in serious history when he uh, last night when he won night one of the Williams Grove National Open. So pretty cool news there from uh, Gio Selzy, or Giovanni Selzy, a.k.a. Gio. Yeah, yeah, good for him. And, 16. Uh, it's funny, uh, I, 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 he's been running so long, and I've been hearing of him for you know for a couple of years. I was thinking he was probably like already 18. I didn't realize he was still only 16 years old. So pretty amazing stuff. I mean, if you, everybody talks about Jeff Gordon and, and the young start that he got. But, uh, yeah, to uh, actually be winning at 16, World of Outlaws, 
that's pretty impressive stuff. So uh, uh, congratulations on to uh, Giovanni. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Sixteen years old. I don't even remember being sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> that long. It's not that long ago, but. Um, what I'll tell you what, let's uh, when we let's take a break, when we come back, we're gonna hear from Hendrick, Rick Hendrick, driver, uh, Alex Bowman, driver of the 88 car. Jeff was able to chat with him a bit earlier this week. So, Alex Bowman coming up next on the final inspection show. Welcome back to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 1057 FM, the fan. Let's head out to the great Midwest Bank hotline. Welcome in the driver of the number 88 Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet, Alex Bowman. Alex, how you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for taking some time. Now, uh, currently, as we sit, you are 11th in points in the playoffs. Uh, you know, you're, uh, what, five points to the good over uh, Clint Boyer How's that's gotta that's gotta kind of make you nervous, especially with the Roval coming up, huh? Yeah, going to the Roval, it's uh, not a big enough gap to be confident about by any means. So hopefully we can stay out of trouble. You know, we've run really well the last two weeks. We just haven't finished well, so uh, we need to do a better job executing and and finish better. But we've got good stage points so far, um, but we should be in a little better position than we are. So. Hopefully we'll uh, make it through the carnage that is the Roval and go from there. Now, what are your thoughts? We've talked a lot about this on the show, and, you know, personally I can't imagine why NASCAR would schedule, you know, a race this important and make it the Roval where everybody, you know, is expecting a full head-on poop show. Uh, It seems a little crazy to me. Am, Am I wrong? Um, yeah, that's, that's probably tough to answer. Um, yeah, I don't want to get you in trouble. (laughs) Everybody happy. Uh, I think it's, um, I think it's going to be great for the fans. You know, I think it's, uh, it's going to put on a good show. Fans love seeing torn up race cars. So I think there's going to be a lot of that. Um, but it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, Nobody knows what to expect. It could be a clean green and, and strung out race. I mean, we don't, we don't know. I don't expect that by any means, but uh, I don't think we really know until we do it. So uh, it's hard to really say what to expect and, and what I think about it until we do it, but uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, I kind of see it going one of two ways. Either the guys are kind of cautious and running about 80 to 85% trying to keep their equipment healthy, or you have guys just uh, going all out and it's going to be carnage and i know with uh, how competitive all you guys are in the garage i definitely expect the latter on that one but uh but so okay so let's say and i i know you crashed during the the practice at at the roval that you had a, a while back how confident are you going in there um it's kind of hard to be confident going there just not knowing what to expect but we had pretty good speed um did get in trouble and spin out there, but didn't have any damage and, and uh, was able to keep testing. A lot of guys weren't so lucky, had to go to backup cars or, or really tore stuff up. So, um, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we unload and we have uh, good speed. I'm not necessarily the best road course racer in the world, so um, I'm sure that car is going to be better than the driver, but hopefully I can do a good job and keep us out of trouble go from there. Oh, nice and modest. Nice and modest. So, okay, so 
we get through this weekend and and the disaster at the Roval. Now, looking forward to the other playoff tracks, is there any that, you know, you don't really enjoy racing? Either you don't have success, a lot of success there, or it's just not a track that fits your style? Um, I would say really the rest of the tracks, aside from Texas, are um, pretty fun tracks when you have good race cars and fun to race on. Texas is, uh, since they paved it, it's the pavement's just so new. It's got so much grip. You're so fast in the center of the corner. Can't really race people, and it's not a whole lot of fun. I think with with time, that'll obviously get much better. But um, no, it's a it's a good list of tracks for us. Talladega is obviously stressful, kind of its own animal. But um, aside from those two, they're uh, fun race tracks. And I mean, going to Phoenix is is always good for me, being close to home. Um, Martinsville's a good track for us. Dover should be pretty good for us. So um, looking forward to a lot of them. Yeah, good, good. So uh, we're talking with Alex Bowman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Now, Alex, taking over the 88, and obviously everybody knows who the uh, the driver was in that car before you, have, do you have a bunch of the, the junior crazies in uh, on your side now? I hope so. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm, I'm not Dale Jr. I'm just trying to be my own person, so... Uh, you know, everybody's going to cheer for somebody they can connect with. But uh, super thankful for the Junior Nation fans that have stuck around, um, you know, and, and the new fans that have come on board. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun driving for Hendrick Motorsports this year and um, really special to be driving the 88 car. So now we all know about, you know, the big three. And if you want to throw Keselowski in there, the big four, how far off do you think you are speed-wise from those guys? Um. You know, a couple months ago, we were quite a ways off, and we've narrowed that up quite a bit. Um, you know, Vegas, our, our long-run speed was probably better than theirs. Um, our short-run speed just wasn't there. So um, we, we have a long way to go to, to try to catch them. But uh, we've narrowed it up so much, and I think if we can continue to do that, we can catch them before the year's over. It's just uh, it takes time. and we started the year really far off. So we've made a ton of progress and we're continuing to make that progress. We just need to keep making more and, um, and keep executing. You know, we've had a rough couple of weeks as far as execution goes. So, um, if we can finish, finish where we run, I think we'd, we'd be in a better spot, but, uh, we are catching them for sure. So now driving for Rick Hendrick, is that, uh, how's that, you know, is it kind of, kind of lax where you know you get to call him you know uncle rick or is it something where you you're still calling him sir um i'd say somewhere in between you know mr hendrick has uh has been awesome to work with i've been able to um build a, a great friendship with him and have a great relationship with him so i've really enjoyed it um we're both car guys and really into cars so we get going back and forth on that stuff and talking trash to each other about whose cars are faster and stuff like that. So it's um, it's been a fun relationship and a dream come true to be driving for Hendrick Motorsports. So uh, it's been a, a decent first year together and um, really happy to, uh, to continue that relationship. Oh, good, good. So now being from Arizona, does that make you a Cardinals fan as far as NFL-wise? Not really. Um, I've always traveled so much and been so busy uh, racing that, that I really haven't been a, a big sports fan by any means. So uh, I really haven't had a, a team that I've cheered for. Um, obviously, everybody kind of picks a team come playoff time or come Super Bowl time or whatever. But 
Um, definitely uh, never been a, a big Cardinals fan by any means. All right, well, there's not a whole lot to cheer for over the years, so I'd, you're more than welcome to hop on the Packers bandwagon if you'd like. But uh, uh, getting back to racing, who, when you're sitting there and you're flying around the track and you see that one car and you know that every time that you're trying to pass this guy for a position, it's a pain in the you-know-what. What driver is that? 99% of the cup field is going to answer that question with, with Ryan Newman. Right. Um, he is super hard to pass and does a really good job defending. There are times, though, that he's let me go. So um, him and I typically race each other pretty clean, and I really like Ryan. He's definitely held me up and frustrated me at times, but that's just how he races. All right. And uh, finally, last question for you here, Alex. What uh, what have you been listening to lately? Um, that's, uh, that's a good question. I kind of bounce all over the place. Um, I listen to... I guess what you would call um, like newer metal and, and post-hardcore rock and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm a big fan of um, like Asking Alexandria, Under Oath. Uh, I really like Dance, Gavin Dance, bands like that. So kind of bounced around quite a bit, but um, listen to a bunch of stuff that people call me weird for, but uh, I'll take it. Well, don't listen to them because coming from an old metal guy, Iron Maiden, Priest, Motorhead, all that good stuff, I'm right with you, man. So I love it. Fantastic answer. All right. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Alex, you got great taste in music. I wish you the best of luck uh, Sunday as you uh, battle the Roval, and hopefully everybody gets out of that okay. And uh, best of luck, so obviously, at the Roval and the rest. Hopefully you're uh, raising that 2018 championship trophy. Hey, thanks. I, I really appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you. Have a good one. There was Alex Bowman. He joined us on a great Midwest Bank hotline. And we'll be back with more of the final inspection show right after this. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for their scheduling updates. Lots of racing still to happen at Great Lakes Dragway. Uh, they pretty much run until the snow flies. So yeah, hopefully sh- that's January. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll get a late fall here uh, or a late winter, whatever you call it, uh, Indian summer. Uh, it's a little chilly now, but usually uh, I, th- I still think we have some 70s uh, weather coming in yet. I hope so. Chilly today. This morning, but it's getting nicer now. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it's so make sure nice. to check out Great Lakes Dragway. Or if you're in uh, shopping for a new or used car, make sure to check out DavidHobbs.com. David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Road. We thank them for their support, too. Okay, the Roval. Yep. One of the biggest critics of that was uh, Clint Boyer. And it seems to make sense. I mean, I've, I've brought this up multiple times now. You go to Dale Earnhardt Sr. in 1998 and say, you know, instead of running the Oval, let's run the road course. He looks at you like you're nuts. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, there. If, if you want to see why I kind of think this way, just look up on YouTube, IMSA, I-M-S-A, 
Charlotte. They used to run some IMSA races there in the 60s. Now, granted, it's not the same track, but still, when you anytime you try and put a road course in a inside an oval, it's it's not it's not always good times. I know. I wish they we kinda, had a show on Monday so we could sit there and talk about this and take phone calls and all that with the reaction. Now, I of will this give race. I will give them credit, NASCAR. That they have made adjustments and they're making adjustments through the weekend, but I still think it's a little it's a little more complicated than it needed to be. Yeah, and I think those bus those the bus stop chicane, uh, the two that they have in should be a lot wider than they are. And I understand you want to keep the the speed down and and stuff, but I just think it's a little a little too twisty at times, and it, I I I just have some concern. But anyways. Uh, one of the biggest critics was uh, Clint Boyer, and uh, he spoke to the media yesterday. Hey, listening you to know, the you know, questions are kind of quiet. Similarities to anywhere? Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> no, but that's, you know, this is what. That's a, a stupid question, me. by the um, way. Yesterday yeah. we did a fan day at the shop at Stuart Haas Racing. The turnout was phenomenal. It, it really took me back pre-08 you know and and uh in the world and 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 special our world of nascar and um the uh the energy um the turnout the crowd it just that's the way i remember the height of this baby and um you know we've, we finally have something new to sell to a fan and and let me tell you they're excited to see it um it got me excited you know what i mean i i think uh marcus has done a good job of turning this into an event and not just another race, and um, I think they're. I think we're all going to be um, pleasantly and excited to see the crowd that shows up for this race. I think it's. Uh, I think we're all in store for something new, and, and it's it's pretty exciting to to know we're on the forefront of that. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with them. I think there's a lot of it, 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 this is good for one thing, the for the curiosity factor. Mm-hmm. And you and you talk about they were talking yesterday. In the uh, going through the infield, talking to the people, and and because of the the cars running through the infield road course and that, yeah, you get a lot of the cars are a lot closer to you in a lot of ways, especially for for the camping. That camping is really uh, picked up, and that I totally agree with all of that. I think the curiosity factor is is ratcheting real high. But are they there to see a race or a demo derby? That's what you and and I think people are thinking a demo derby. I'm gonna go over Nate and then before we go to the back of the room. Uh, Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. Just to follow up on that, Clint, is that a sign that they should do more of this uh, and try to change things up more often on the schedule? Hey, I'm not. You know what I mean? I, I... So we should just run all the road courses. <laughs> yeah, turn everything into a roval. Yeah, let's uh, screw the Daytona 500. Let's just run on the on the road course at Daytona. Why not? <laughs> what? What's that? You know, <laughs> it, it's it's bad. Some stupid questions. So <laughs> we're, we're 0 for 2 here in the question department because these are bad. These are bad. Thank God Clint saves this whole thing. I got to give him credit for not going off on these. Saying, really, this is what you brought? I know. This is... <laughs> I know. I, I think it's we're, – we're trying something new, you know, in our sport, and, and – um... I'm, I'm happy that our sport's doing that. I think it's yes. I, I've said for a long time we need to need something new, and um, 
Yeah, I don't necessarily – I don't think that every mile-and-a-half track needs to put a row course in the infield. I don't don't mean that by something new. But uh, certainly, um, Marcus, you know, having the uh, the ability and – and uh, the vision to be able to change one of his his races at Charlotte Motor Speedway and make it something new for a fan was uh, was is, is pretty remarkable in today's day and age. There's a lot of if you look around here, there's a lot of signage, there's a lot of infrastructure, there's a lot of change, a lot of investment went into this this event this weekend, and um, I, I hope for his sake that it goes off and it, you know with a big bang. And just um, from your perspective, you you have a start in the Rolex Twenty Four. Uh, I would presume that's the closest thing, you know, proximity that anybody has to like what this might be, their most reasonable facsimile. Does that give you an edge at all? And for other guys who ran the Rolex 24, does that give you a little bit of a sense of you sort of know what a, a road course inside of a massive oval is like? Or Yeah, we ought to make this a uh, 24-hour race. Be a lot more fun. Yeah, might as well. I've done everything else. Uh, um, I think a 24 would be fun, but I want to do it all myself. Oh, who are these idiots? I don't is this know. what it's come to? I mean, you know, they always say the newspaper industry is dying. If this is what's left, that's I mean, a very sad state. I mean, I think we need to send. I think we need to for she's Charlotte race. We need to send Dave Coleman or somebody that knows how to answer. You know, ask questions. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I know. I but know. Oh, is three. it closer to Daytona? No, actually, I think running a cup car on Watkins Glen in Sonoma is closer to this than running an IMSA car, sports car on Daytona. Yeah, I would I mean, agree with that. I can understand. Now, maybe a better question would have been is, okay, how is this different? How is setting? How is the car set up different with running the banks? at Charlotte as opposed to Char uh, uh, Sonoma or Watkins Glen. I think that what is what he was trying to say. He just wasn't able to verbalize it. Yep. Uh, at, least, at least I hope so. That's a good <laughs> excuse that you made for him. Yeah, be just fine. Mark Arrow, way oh, back here, Mark Arrow, PRN. Uh, Clint, can you talk about where you're sitting currently in the playoff and your mindset going into this race? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, anytime you have something new like this, um, you got to look at it as an opportunity. I need an opportunity. Uh, you know, four points out uh, of, you know, the playoffs, you need you need an opportunity, and this is exactly what this track is. Um, we had a good test here. I made a lot of laps here, uh, you know, relatively comfortable and uh, enjoyed it. You know, I'm going to enjoy this weekend, and, and um, you know, I, I think that uh, – the opportunity's there, and, and we got to go out and take it. Good morning, Clint. Hill Overton, WIXE Radio. Hope you're doing well. Uh, question. You have been known to win on a road course before. While this is different from Sonoma and Watkins Glen, can you apply anything you've learned in having won before to racing here this weekend? Yeah, I think um, – you know, just the rhythm, you know, it's, it's rhythmatic. You got to get out there, find that rhythm, find your comfort zone and ride in it. Take care of those, those Goodyear tires and, and uh, pace yourself, but rhythm, 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 you know, get in that rhythm. Don't make mistakes. Stay on the racetrack, focus on what you're doing. And, and, um, that's always, 
been the principle that, that I've kind of learned and went by and, and has always uh, put me in the money on, on, you know, the road courses. So you got to enjoy these weekends. You can't go into this thing scared to death and, and panicked and worried about anything. I mean, you're driving down here and it starts raining. I'm like, <laughs> let's see what happens. Just don't even – it doesn't do any good to worry about it or try to think about what the race is going to hold or this thing's either going to go one or two ways. You know, at, at the test, I saw a lot of cars, you know, obviously we saw cars wrecking, but we saw a lot of cars spinning out, you know, and, and maybe one corner or the other and getting it gathered up and going on. If those turn into full course cautions, then you got a race that's all hell's going to break loose. It, it, if, uh, if they can get that thing gathered up and get going and, and uh, just keep it at a local caution or whatever they call it, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, somewhat the race will, will play out and, and uh, run green. But, I mean, these are the best racers, you know, stock car has, motorsports has. So we're going to go out there and put on a show and, and race hard. And, 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 you know, it's always – people are always expecting the worst, and I think you'll see the best. I really do. Jerry Jordan, kickingthetires.net, PRN. I was going to ask you a little bit about the, towards the end of that question there about how you feel about this, but what about the preparation? You, you, we know we've had hype for two years about this track. There's a lot of buzz coming in here. What have you done back at the shop after the test to to, to mentally get prepared uh, for what we're going to what you're going to do on Sunday? Is same thing you do every week. Go work on the task at hand. You don't have. I mean, you don't for two years. You're not worried about this track. You're worried about. You know, last week I was worried about Richmond. This week I'm worried about the Roval. Um, you, you can't worry about one specific track or, or one specific weekend in this thing. You've got to be good on all of them. You, you can't just be good on one of them. Other side of the room here. Uh, Danny Harden, Fox 8 TV in Greensboro. Ever since they announced the Roval was coming here, it seems like fans and the media, they've been like, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be chaos. Uh, it's going to be wild. But as drivers, are you like, hold, hold on there. we, we got to figure out how to drive this thing. Well, I mean, hey, <laughs> I, I've always been a realist and, and a, always cautious to oversell something. You always want to overdeliver. Um you know, this, the scariest thing to me is, is getting all this hype, getting all this. It's no different. You see in the media, anything today's day and age, uh, you know, it's, it's oversold pretty much. And, um, you know, sometimes it's under delivered. I think we're going to deliver in a big way. I think fans are going to see something they've never seen before. Um, is there going to be havoc? Yes. Is it going to be a, a race full of it? I don't think so. Um, but it could be, you know what I mean? But I think you see that every track, every now and then, for whatever reason, doesn't matter if it's a mile and a half short track at Bristol, doesn't matter. Just all hell breaks loose and you can't get out of it. Uh, it's just a vicious cycle. And then other times it'll go green all the way through. I mean, I, I, I really think you're going to see one or the other here. I think it's going to be, you know, those cautions will breed cautions just like they always do, or this thing might go green and surprise everybody till the end and a caution comes out and, and all hell break loose. I think all hell will break loose. I just don't know how it's going to and when it's going to. Interesting stuff. You know, I, overall, I pretty much agree with him. You know, I mean, I think you do. It, it's going to – this is why they want run the race. They, they've they run Talladega, green flag, mm -hmm. green flag, green flag to checker flag. So, I mean, yeah, it, it happens. It, it'll be interesting to see how it – but I'm just thinking with the design of the track and the tightness of it that it's going to be really tough to run 40 cars through there. Without just and like what he says, if you got cars spinning out and being able to to you know gather it up and continue, that's fine. 
It'll be interesting to see if NASCAR changes the way they call yellows from early in the race to later in the race. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, we, and we see that in football games. We've seen that in basketball games. A foul in the first quarter isn't necessarily the same foul in the fourth quarter. There's no Whether pass interference on a Hail Mary. Exactly. So, you know, it would be interesting. This is why you watch the race. It'll be interesting to see. This thing might be a, a success, but I'm just, I have some concerns. And it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Plus, it's different. You're you're spicing up. Everybody wanted a road course in the in in the playoffs, the chase, whatever they're going to call it. Oh, the, well, the other thing I got a kick out of, if you notice, you know, I was teased NASCAR about their football envy. Mm-hmm. Did you notice their? And actually, this is actually a good idea to a certain part, but I do like the grass. Is the uh, the artificial not artificial turf the? Uh, like what they have in Green Bay with the, yeah the field turf field or... turf they have field turf in the infield it's nice and smooth so you, the splitters don't dig in and you rip the front of your car off like we've seen at other tracks instead of doing that why don't you just take the splitters off hello <laughs> I like we've been saying that on this show for three years now but I liked what Clint said when he said that they've turned it into an event yeah this isn't a this isn't Bristol this isn't Richmond this isn't Daytona. This is kind of like a circus sideshow. You know, uh, people are going to tune in for the wrecks, for the, you know, newness of it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a shiny new toy, and no one knows what they're going to see. And so I think that's where a lot of the excitement comes in. Now, if this, if this race turns into something absolutely fantastic, then great. But if it turns into absolute chaos, then we'll see. And I don't think it should be definitely, you know, it shouldn't be included in the playoffs again next season. Well, it's interesting because Sonoma, it was uh, announced earlier today, they're actually going to run the full road course next year. Okay. And they're bringing back what they call the carousel. Uh, Instead of just going straight, they're going to actually run the – the whole course and there's been talk and you saw some drivers kind of politicking a little bit lightly at Watkins Glen running the whole uh course at Watkins Glen so it'd be interesting to see uh Sonoma how that looks next year running the whole circuit and like they should I, I feel they should run the whole circuit at Watkins Glen too but it should be interesting to see what happens tomorrow and actually right after the show today uh, with the Xfinity race um, at the Roval at Charlotte. Uh, we're going to stop for a break. When we come back, we'll be get you caught up with some IndyCar news and Formula One, the Russian Grand Prix at Sochi. Sochi, a name you may remember. We'll talk about that more in uh, just a moment on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan.
And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for all the latest happenings. And uh, Great Lakes Dragway, what else are they known for, Jeff? They're known for their delicious food. So get down there, grab something good to eat. Uh, if you hurry up, get back here and bring us some. <laughs> uh, you know, we're hungry. It's been a long time since breakfast. So, uh, you know, enjoy it. It's, you know, Great Lakes is always a great time. The weather's, the weather's nice. It, this is a perfect day for, to, to go out there and watch racing. Yeah. And then, um, uh, getting, uh, touching base on some IndyCar news. This, this is, I always get a kick out of this stuff. Uh, uh, racer magazines, uh, Robin Miller and uh, Marshall Pruitt had reported on this probably about two months ago that uh, Felix Rosenvisk was going to replace uh, uh, Ed Jones as the second driver with Chip Ganassi Racing. Chip Ganassi's denying it, whatnot, and, oh, no, no, where do you get that? Oh, no, no, well, they, it was finally announced. Oh, so really? Felix, oh, it's true. Felix, who comes from the Formula <laughs> E, and also uh, the uh, uh, on the European side, very talented driver. Um, it should be interesting to see what he's able to do. I was kind of surprised that they uh, scooped up Ed Jones last year to sign him for a one-year deal. Uh, took him from uh, Dale Coyne Racing. Uh, Dale Coyne had thought that he was going to re-sign with Dale Coyne. Uh, Chip came in, you know, scooped him up and uh, signed him for a one-year deal. One of these things where sometimes it just doesn't work out. At times he looked good. At times he looked really bad. Uh, Felix is a very talented driver and, uh, to be honest, I think has a little more upside and it'll be, uh, I think, uh, is, I think it's a plus move. Uh, if I was going to ask or Mike Hall, I would have made this move myself. So, uh, and let, you know, can see, you know, he, he won the form. I think it was 2015. He won the form of the three championship. Very, very tough, uh, thing to do. A young driver, and uh, he's one of these guys. He's won pretty much everything he's been in. So, have you had a chance to sit down and break bread with him yet? No, no, not yet. Have not. Maybe Eddie has. I will ask Eddie. Eddie's been to a bunch of uh, Formula E races this year, and hopefully, we'll be chatting with him uh, uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour after this, talking some IndyCar and Formula One. And speaking of Formula One, a uh, Formula One is in Sochi. Sochi. Yep. Which is Olympic Town. People think Russia, Moscow. No, this is almost as far away as you can get from Moscow. It's all the way on the southern tip um, of uh, where the Olympics were. Was it two, three years ago, I think? They made one of these big, huge Olympic villages. And it's kind of cool. It kind of runs around and through the Olympic village nice. where this Formula One track is. So when they show the the cars running through you can see in the background the and they'll point it out too sometimes um it'll point out where like the swimming you can tell the square building with the windows on top that's the where they did the swimming there's uh you can see the arena you can see all sorts of uh places where they did the olympic activities several years ago Nice. So they're not going to run like down the bobsled track or no. anything like that. They're not running on ice or, you know, down the the downhill mountain or anything. And this is uh, Val Valtteri Botas and uh, Lewis Hamilton, Team Mercedes, uh, swept the uh, front row, but it was actually Bot Botas 
on the pole. Uh, second row is all Ferrari. It's Vettel and Rakkinen. And, uh, and then we have uh, Magnussen from the Haas team. Good. Good for him. Uh, qualifying fifth. Your buddy, Ocon. Oh, yeah. Uh, qualifying sixth. And everybody's darling, David uh, Hobbs and my darling, Charles Leclerc, who's going to be running with Ferrari next year, uh, qualified seventh. So uh, the Haas team did pretty good. The American Formula One team by qualifying fifth and ninth. And uh, the Sauber team showing some uh, signs of life here. You know, as Charles Leclerc has been looking very, very good with that team uh, and pretty much outrunning the equipment, as they say, in Formula One. Uh, but uh, Ericsson, uh, Leclerc's a teammate, also got – so we have two solvers in the top ten. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops tomorrow uh, with the Russian Grand Prix. And in other news, this is this – is, this one you just kind of scratch your head with. And uh, that is uh, Toro Rosso confirms that Daniel Kafiat, the Russian driver, will be back with them in 2019. And this is one because Daniel Kafiat just just didn't seem to mess with that team, mesh well with that team, uh, driving errors, whatnot. He brings uh, money, I guess, to the program. But you thought when he was basically fired, that when when you get fired midway through the season, Jeff, you don't see that driver coming back a year and a half later. No. No, that doesn't happen often. Usually that is a uh, lock the door behind you yeah. when you leave. And, and it, it, it's here he is coming back in 2019. So that's uh, there's been rumors of that happening, and uh, it, 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 it finally happened, and I'm, I'm very surprised. Uh, also, in other news that's kind of surprising is that uh, Haas is actually going to keep the same two drivers next year, the American Haas team. So there's been some speculation that Romain Grosjean was going to move uh, move on. Uh, he's a little bit of a guy that a lot of people, he kind of rubs people the wrong way. Well, to put it basically, Jeff, he's a whiner. Okay. He, he's just, he whines a lot. We work with a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he had, uh, he was, uh, one of the reasons why he was brought on the team was he's a good test driver. He brings a lot of experience too, which is very valuable for a young team as the Haas team is. But uh, they're going to actually keep uh, Grosjean and Kevin Magnuson, who, like I said, had uh, qualified fifth for the Haas team. Uh, for the race tomorrow, uh, they're going to actually uh, go with the status quo next year. So you, it's pretty impressive that a team that is, let's see, going into their fourth year, I believe, uh, has seen such stability with their drivers. You don't see that too often. No, no, you don't. And all you got to do for evidence of that is the silly season in NASCAR and IndyCar. These guys swap seats like I swap underwear. And, uh, <laughs> For them to sit there and have a consistent stable of drivers, you know, I think it's a good thing. Uh, but sometimes a shakeup is needed. So, well, speaking of shakeup, uh, with I think Hamilton has a looks like a forty point lead over Sebastian Vettel. If Hamilton is able to win this race, and Vettel, it doesn't matter what Vettel does. If Hamilton can wins this race, it's going to be really, really tough for Vettel to win the championship. Yeah. So if you want a fight to the finish in Formula One, 
you want uh, Hamilton to have any, uh, problems and Vettel to win the race because uh, otherwise it's going to be pretty tough for uh, uh, Vettel to overcome that. If, if, if that lead increases with uh, the six races that remain, uh, that's uh, definitely an uphill battle. He's not out of it, but it's going to be pretty tough. Well, that's why I'm not a race car driver because I'd spin him in, into hey, turn one. Hey, it's been done before. Uh, Alain Prost, <laughs> Ayrton Senna. There's <laughs> that, that. Just, just well, just watch the Senna yeah. documentary. Just, oops. That's, and and yeah, you just that that's what was happening in Formula One in the late '80s and early '90s. So, uh, I tell you what, let's take a break, and hopefully, uh, uh, we can get a hold of Eddie, who's out in Monterey. Hopefully, the the movie stars and all the starlets will be uh, will let him answer the phone and we'll talk with uh, racing nations eddie lapine reporting in from laguna seca monterey at the Rensport reunion i think this is four four or six whatever it is we'll find out from eddie coming up next on the final inspection show <laughs> To the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from RacingNation.com, reporting from the WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca in Monterey, it is Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, guys. How are you today? Pretty good. I mean, uh, I'm impressed. I mean, most of the radio show is in Monterey. We had Tony, I hear Tony DeZinos out there. Uh, David Hobbs is out there. You're out there. A lot of stuff happening. Tell us, just kind of give the listeners a thumbnail sketch of what exactly is Porsche Rensport. Well, this is the sixth one, and I've been to all six. It, it's just amazing. I, I, I don't even know where to start. I would need an hour to give you just a little thumbnail, but I just left earlier. Uh, the 919 was on track. Uh, Andre Lauder um, was driving the car. That that is the the tribute car that's been setting all these records around the world. And uh, they basically went on the track this morning and did some runs. And uh, I think they're going to go for the record tomorrow. And, and that's and right that's now, the that's the all time track record at Laguna, which I guess they had set the all time record at the uh, Nordschleife at Nürburgring uh, earlier in the year, correct? Yes, exactly. Timo Bernard, uh, a gentleman that raced the uh, DHL, uh, Penske DHL car at Road America, uh, jumped in it after Andre Lauder this morning, but he set the, the record at the at the ring earlier this year. And Neil Johnny's, I mean, I don't even know. Right now there's a press conference going on with Vic Alford and Gerard LaRouche talking about Sebring 71 it's it's there's so much happening here it's it you can't even all I can say is to the listeners if there's a rent for seven they need to come because this is just amazing it, it, it's just over this one is by far the biggest and best ever because the last one they had here at Monterey 
it, it seems like it's doubled from what it was. Yesterday, George Fulmer was driving his L&M car around the track, 85 years old. He took some laps in his car. Uh, just so much going on. and, and yeah. just, Well, that's such, a, such an iconic car. That's, of course, the L&M Porsche 917-10 Can-Am car which uh, ran at, of course, tracks such as uh, Road America and Road Atlanta and that. And uh, George is, is such an interesting guy. I got to spend a weekend with him with the SVRA group down at um, Sebring a couple of years ago. And, and George is, is one of the undersung, underrated, I think, drivers in the world who, you know, you say a, a, a driver that raced everything, well, George is pretty much one of those drivers who raced everything. He's one of the few drivers that not only ran Formula One for an entire year at the age of, I think, 40 when he was a rookie for the Shadow team, but he's run, uh, 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 of course, sports cars, ran for Roger Penske, ran Trans Am. He's run IndyCar. He's run uh, uh, Formula One NASCAR he ran. He ran with Bud Moore NASCAR. And the see those photos that jack webster posted uh we share those to the, the the radio show the tfi the final inspection show on facebook you can make check out jack webster's photos there really cool it's such an iconic beautiful car isn't that eddie just to see that out well, on the track once again i mean again. you should go yeah go to racing nation we will have or that racing nation too summary yes. next well and and on the final page uh, on the final inspection page homepage, check out the pictures um, we will have an array. We're just having a little trouble, difficulty posting a lot of stuff. And uh, it's just amazing. And, and you need to come to this. I mean, any fan that's never been to one, this is something that Porsche brings cars from the museum here. I mean, it's just amazing the, the hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cars here and, and racing on the track as well, too. Eddie, what uh, what's this say here that uh, about you and Jack running into the future Miss X pipe bomb uh, Maria Sharapova? Uh, you did see the post. I didn't post my picture yesterday, but how cool is that? We were at the Shapar. Jeez, uh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm well. Really, I mentioned her like name. You get all flustered, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. You tell her I said uh, hi. We were, yeah, I did. <laughs> right, I good. did. Uh, well, yeah, it was amazing. They were there with the driver. She's sponsored by the watch company Shapar, and uh, it, it was a little uh, meet and greet last night. And she was just really nice. And yeah, I got pictures to show it too. Even very nice. So, who, who who cares about Jerry Seinfeld? Who cares <laughs> about Patrick Dempsey? Come on. Now when she's, she's a, around. She's a lovely looking girl. Uh and of course a lot of the iconic drivers are there too. Uh drivers like uh Derek Bell, uh Elliot Forbes Robinson and uh tell us some of the other drivers uh that are there. Well where do you start? I mean all the factory I mean eighteen factory drivers are here, current factory drivers. And then you have the array like Vic Alford I said is giving a press conference in the media center right now. He's here and I mean David Hobbs is doing book signings. Um, I mean, it, it, the list is endless of the drivers. Chip Robinson, who raced at Elkhart Lake in the Lowenbrow with Derek Bell, 
Um, and they're doing, they just have a lot of nice, uh, this is so much better than the last one. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of things going on for the fans. Oh, and one thing I wanted to mention, uh, our friend uh, Tom, Tom Blattler, who worked with Miller Brewery and Eddie Gossage back in the day, uh, did a lot of work with Al Holbert. And it's, uh, unfortunately, we lost uh, Al 30 years ago. I think it was this week uh, when in, a, in a plane crash. And, and he posted, uh, he forwarded an email and sent out a, a, a mass email to a bunch of press people. And uh, we posted it on the, the Facebook page. Uh, pretty cool remembrances of Al Holbert and what he did with that Lowenbrau, uh Porsche 962, how successful they were, and uh, drivers uh, such as, uh, you know, Chip and then also Al Unser Jr. and other drivers. And uh, Tom has a bunch of quotes in there, too. Just really, really cool stuff and photos. Awesome, awesome photos uh, from there. And I know uh, Jack and, and you, Eddie, one of the best photos you ever took was of uh, Al Holbert at Road America. So uh, make sure you check that out, too. And and let's remember, definitely remember a driver like Al Holbert uh, at Porsche well, and Rensport. You're, and you're mentioning Al Holbert. Uh, last night we had a funny thing with uh, the, the Indy car. Remember the tail fabby Porsche? Oh, yeah. Quake State car? Well, a friend of mine has that car, and Timo Bernard was going to drive it, and he might drive it tomorrow, but they were fighting to see who could want to drive the car. I mean, Andre <laughs> Lauder was trying to fit the car and because uh, he's so tall. Right. Uh, 919 driver. Everyone wanted to drive that car. And Timo was like, I got to be somewhere. I got to be somewhere. So he walked. I said, you got to come over. I want to introduce you to this gentleman. We went over there, introduced him, and the next thing you know, Timo can't be pulled out of the car. And I will post some of those photos on the final page inspection Facebook page. But you got to I mean, I was like, Timo, I've known you for 15, 20 years. I've never seen you smile like this. You know? So, I mean, just things like that. And, and to get on it real quick is with the drivers that are here, like the new Porsche factory drivers, and them getting the opportunity to drive some of these cars from back in, you know, back in the day. And, and, and they're out there on the track driving them, and it's cool. Yeah, and then uh, I'm looking at another photo uh, that Jack posted, actually a video of all those iconic Porsches. I mean, you know, Porsches are the, the, the car, such a great history, but kind of like their, their real sweet spot is, is the late 60s, early 70s, and seeing – the 917s and the 908s oh. and the 910s. Just these are just such beautiful cars, and seeing them all laid out like the video that, that Jack posted earlier, just just fantastic stuff. And uh, make sure you check that out at Racing Nation and also the Facebook uh, page at. Uh, well, and the this gathering is probably we were just discussing it in the media center that this will be the largest gathering of of these cars together ever in the world. So I mean, it, like I said, just over the top, incredible. And we've been we've been plugging, of course, David's book, David Hobbs's book, and uh, also, well, well, what the heck? Let's plug my book, the Road America book. If you uh, on Amazon, if you go Steve Zotke, Road America, 
you'll see a book that uh, uh, came out with a few years ago that's still available it's a fabulous on Amazon. book. It has some of my pictures in it. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> but also, uh, and we, we had Jack on, and we, we probably should have Jack on again too, and I also did a review on RacingNation.com uh, of his book, Racing Pilots Book, a fantastic book, and it covers a wide range of, of uh, drivers and eras. But also, uh, Jack, uh, tell us about Jack getting some autographs for a special book that, that's going to be available. Well, we're, we're doing a limited edition plate for a Porsche, 50 uh, signed copies of all the Porsche drivers, which I've in between of everything else. I've been kind of trying to do that this weekend, and it's coming together well. All these drivers are just, uh, you know, rallying. Uh, Jack's daughter was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, Jean is, you know, struggling with with this uh, terrible, terrible uh, disease. And uh, she, when she was 37 years old and with a, a baby two years old, I should say baby, yeah, little kid, child, but, uh, and this is part of what Jack's doing with the book. We're doing it here. We've done a couple with David and, uh, Brian Redman, and we're set up here selling the book, and we're going to do that Porsche thing when that's done, then we're going to put that out there. And besides being for the charity, but the book is just incredible. It's 45 years of photography. And it's Jack Webster's 1971, starting as a photographer, Formula One to sports car to Lamar to here, everywhere. And it, it's an incredible book. It's one of the, I mean, not that I'm biased or anything, but it, it's got everything in it. All right. Well, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, there was also some news from Rensport. Uh, just briefly, if you can tell us about that, about a new car coming out from Porsche. It's pretty cool. And then we'll do our predictions coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And once again, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from RacingNation.com, Eddie Lapine, who's out at Monterey at Laguna Seca for Porsche Ren Sport 6. And uh, there's an announcement. Pretty cool. You know, over the last couple of years, we've seen the, 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 the retro design of the Ford Mustang, the Camaro, the Dodge Challenger. Well, Porsche brought something back, didn't they? Oh boy, did they ever! <laughs> I'll tell you, it's just—it was amazing. I mean, the 935—it's—it's it's back alive again. Yeah, the um, 935, one of the iconic, good-looking uh, race cars from the late 70s. It was kind of a—if you took a—I guess you could say a 911, basically, and put it on steroids, and just—it yeah. <laughs> it, it is yeah. a port, uh, nine, uh, 911 on on steroids, isn't it? Just a good-looking car, though. It totally, I mean, you just, I mean, I think Jack posted some pictures of it or I, I will definitely not uh, fall asleep at the wheel. I will get some stuff posted <laughs> when I'm sitting in the airport for five hours trying to get home tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah it, it's I pretty think. cool. I mean, and it looks like a, if you look, you look at it and you go, yeah, hey, that's a 935, don't you? 
Oh yeah, definitely. And the paint, I mean, that's, that's the iconic, I mean, that's the guy, the, the paint job that we remember, yeah. me and you, and, of that car, that livery, and it, it's beautiful. But, I mean, it's just going to be for track usage, and, and those cars are, I mean, I think they're, I forgot, did you read how many they're going to make? I did not, so, but, yeah. It, it, I, I want to say about seven or 800. Okay, that sounds about them. right. Yeah. And uh, um, I think it's going to be $800,000. Oh, okay. So that's it. If if you wanted to go down, to I'll, I'll need loans, a seven. Maybe. I'll need a seven-year loan for that one. As <laughs> <laughs> opposed to the four or five, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I tell you, what, okay. Well, well, it's that time for predictions again, and of course we got NASCAR at the Roval at Charlotte, and uh, Formula One is out at uh, Sochi for the Russian uh, Formula One race. Uh, let's start with NASCAR and uh, on the Roval. What says you, Eddie Lapine? I'm not, you know what? I mean, I know it's a long shot, but I mean, now that AJ is going to be looking for a ride, I'm going to say him. I mean, uh, yeah, I like that. He qualified yeah. second, and uh, what you know, he's got nothing to lose. Why not uh, go out with a win? And that you basically said the same thing on uh, when he was interviewed yesterday during uh, qualifying. So I like that pick, AJ Allmendinger for Eddie Lapine. Uh, what about you, Jeff? Well, if Jimmy Johnson's going to do it. This is the week, so I'll take Johnson. He starts sixth. See if he can pick up his first first win and forever. I I think this is this is definitely going to be a wild the wild card of the uh, of the playoffs, and I, I'm going to you qualified what fifth? Uh, Johnson sixth. Okay, and uh, who qualified fifth? Larson. Larson. Ooh. And then we Alex Bowman starts top. You know he starts yeah. third and. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the mojo from the final inspection show. I'm going to go with Alex Bowman. All right. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. We bring good luck. Yeah, Alex Bowman, who was on uh, earlier in the show, on the final inspection show. And then f- moving over to Formula One, uh, it's do or die time, I think, for Ferrari, Eddie. And uh, we got the Mercedes Hamilton. on. Yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton. He's going. Hamilton qualified second. Valtteri uh, Botas oh, on wait, the pole. Wait, wait, wait. They're in Russia. Yeah. I'm going with Maria Sharapova. Hey, there, there you go. go. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I, okay. I mean, sorry, Hamilton. I, I Hamilton, yeah. no doubt about it. Well, when I think of uh, Sochi, I think of uh, Brendan Hartley. So, Come on. I think, you know, he starts 16th. I think he's going to drive his way up through the field. And uh, yeah, I think I think Maria's got a better shot than Hartley does. Probably. But yeah. uh, make sure you tell if you run into her again, uh, show her my picture. You want to. Brendan Hartley won a race at Road America a couple of years ago. So see, and you're gonna go against <laughs> my guy. Come on, man. I'll go with Vettel. I'll, I'll, he knows it's do or die. He might take. He might even take Hamilton out. Who knows? You might do. I was. I was. Oh, Eddie. I was telling uh, Jeff about the old uh, Senna Prost uh, dances they used to do when this time oh, of the my year. God. So I I remember it like yesterday. Yeah. For those not aware of it, uh, make, make sure you check out that Senna uh, movie. Very good and talks about it. Eddie, thank you so much for being on the Final Inspection Show. Hey, guys. Thanks. I, I got to get back to having some fun. This is, <laughs> you know, I love talking to you guys, but, uh, hey, California, weather, 
racetrack, Porsches. Have a great weekend, Milwaukee. All right, thanks. Eddie Lapine on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Start your renovation journey with a simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank, dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our communities since 1935. The Rovo coming up next, Xfinity Series on TV. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show. See you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.